Welcome to GP Bullhound's Tech Thoughts, a weekly overview of economic developments in international markets. Welcome to GP Bullhound's Tech Thoughts. Today's the 4th of November, and we are here with Inge Hedorn and Jenny Hardy for our weekly market update. Today, they will give a summary of recent tech results and share their conclusions on our portfolio holdings. Over to them. Thank you very much, Maria. And uh, it's Inge Hedorn here from GP Bullhound, and I'm the portfolio manager at uh, our public side. Hi, I'm Jenny Hardy. I'm a portfolio manager also on GP Bullhound's public funds. I was almost about to destroy the flow directly there, but let's go into the market update. And uh, the market really this week has been all focused on Fed and the Powell comments about that the interest rates will go higher than earlier anticipated and they will continue to fight inflation, which is, as, as everybody knows, quite negative for stocks. But if we then go into the more interesting stuff uh, for us on the detail side, the tech side and, and the result season, and Jen and I and Naila has decided today to split up a little bit because of the um, amount of news flow and spread it up into sectors. So let's start with handset and say, okay, what's a read through on the handset market after the, this week's result? Yeah, it's bad. That's the read through, right? <laughs> Absolutely. But I would also say it's not as bad as expected because in in my positive view is that, yes, Q4 will be really bad. Uh, You have the downturn of Apple being ramping up volumes in Q3. You have inventory corrections and and so on. But at the same time, listening to both Corvo and Skyworks, they are a little bit optimistic about demand coming back for Chinese New Year in in, in the end of January, February next year. So that's that's not f- that far off. Yeah, and and I think um, and this goes a bit ac- across semis. I think if you look at what companies are doing, they're being pretty sensible when it comes to inventory, undershipping, um, and demand, and 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 so um, they're really trying to be sensible around kind of managing this inventory situation that we're going through right now, which is good. Yeah. And and, and our retail, we don't have any holdings on the handset supply chain directly, but we have holdings in in semi-capital equipment and TSMC. So our read through really from from the results are that, yes, there's a weakness short term, but we start to see some stabilization and inventory correction is over oh, quite, quite soon. So we don't see any dramatic changes from, from, from our side. Yes, TSMC will have a slightly lower Q4 uh, than, than expected, but otherwise, I think for us, no really, really big read-through. Which yeah, and... Unusual- and, Sorry. and and I think the other thing on on handsets is I mean we talk a lot about the sort of content growth around autos, but um, really content growth is still happening in the handset market, and um, you know that's really what's driven um, the smartphone semis for many many years now. I mean really we've been fairly fully penetrated in in smartphones for a long time, but you've still had that year on year increase in um, technology that's going into each of those smartphones, increase in that semiconductor content, you're still seeing upgrades around uh, new memory technology, more complex cameras that require more complex processing. Um, So you are still seeing that kind of grow um, the sector, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. And the MediaTek processor uh, will start to ramp the new one in November now for seven nanometer at TSMC ahead of uh, Chinese New Year. So that's good news. There will be some slack in seven nanometers, but that's that's going going to improve. Then how well Chinese New Year plays out and so on is hard to say, given what's happening with COVID lockdowns and so on. But as you said, it will definitely drive it and. Uh, it, it enables the mid-end phones to have 20 megapixel cameras, which I think is a quite an important step. Mm. Yeah. Going over to the PC side, which is a little bit of a similar picture, I think, yeah. to, to what we're seeing on the smartphones. And uh, I think both of you and I, Jenny, were a little bit shocked about Lenovo's comments mm. and their positiveness and low inventories. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I think... Uh, we've known for some time that the PC market is is going through a kind of similarly tough uh, tough time as, as the handset market, and and actually I think Lenovo, I it was bad, but it was uh, it was arguably better than than we might have feared, um, right? So uh, I think they had PC sales down eleven percent, um, but still um, still seeing growth in in the high end, which. Um, yeah, is is uh, pretty surprising. And actually, if you look at the, the, their balance sheet, it still looks pretty healthy in terms of uh, inventory levels. So, um, yeah, a- actually bad, but but maybe not as bad as as we might have feared. Um, and I think you know, AMD obviously had pre-released um, uh, a month or so ago. Um, it's seeing. Um, clearly sort of weakness around PC sales. Um, I think there's some hope, right, that we're now lapping or we will be lapping the sort of three years of COVID uh, amazingly. And so whether we might see some sort of refresh cycle within PCs next year, um, I don't know. What, what, what do you think about that? Is that too much hope? I think the 260, 270 numbers people have been throwing around like Intel and so on is quite positive. And I think that's driven by that upgrade cycle. And it's interesting also, as you said, on the high end with Lenovo, which is Intel space, is looks quite, quite healthy. So the AMD is struggling a little bit more on the consumer side. And I think the gaming number up 36% year over year was just amazing. And mm. that's quite interesting for NVIDIA, which is the supplier to Lenovo on on GPUs. Uh, So, but as you know, in the UPU market, we're also struggling with a Bitcoin mania playing out on the graphics. So that has to play out in itself. But I think, again, on the PC side, uh, they are, we are through the rough times at this point in time and probably next Mm -hmm. quarter. Then it feels like it could be more, clearly more stable going into 2023. Uh, moving over to the next area, and that's where it's, I think it's most confusing, and then it's software. Uh, one day you see good numbers, next day you see bad numbers. Uh, and even during the days with similar business models, you see good and bad numbers, and you see quite similar numbers, and one stock is up 10, another one is down 10. So it's it's a very, very volatile environment for the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I think we're we're absolutely seeing a sort of bifurcation um, in results. And I think what's becoming increasingly clear is that in this, what's what is a quite difficult environment for everyone, 
I think a lot of it is coming down to individual business and Salesforce execution, right? This is still, these are still products that need to be sold. Um, and yeah, I think we're really kind of seeing um, some of these sales models uh, really sort of show their worth. And, and you know, I think, I think it's it's coming almost coming down more to to the sales execution than maybe it is just the product. I, I totally agree, and I think the interesting thing and the and the and the read to we have done so far also is that the models that are based on free and then move over to to a payment system, I think those are the ones that are starting to struggling the most, and I think those models is probably going to be most vulnerable short term. And uh, SME companies, so yeah. I think I think the ones that can still argue about how you save money by implementing it, uh, like cloud solutions, the ServiceNow IT solutions, and so on, are probably going to be more stable. But our our guess is really that yes, the market will become tougher. Remember also when it comes to software, the sales cycles are quite long. So if you think about Q3, that sales process probably started sometime during Q1. Uh, so it, it's quite long sales cycles and, and, and the fix takes time. But we are still quite optimistic in a number of cases. And I think we they will handle it quite well, uh, although you, you have just, uh, the macro environment against you. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, and Microsoft obviously put, put this quite well last week. I think ultimately you do have a situation where software in many cases is enhancing productivity for businesses and enabling them to navigate a tougher market with lower costs. So, you know, I think that kind of multi-year structural demand for software is not going away. Um, But I do think it's important to be selective around those software stocks that might be vulnerable to kind of spend consolidation. I mean, it's not hard to believe that this time last year, it was much easier to sign off a new software um, provider than it is right now at businesses. And so, yeah, I really really think it's important to kind of um, be selective around some of that software exposure. And we have two sectors left, which both have been quite, quite positive, although you don't really read about it in the papers uh, this week is if you start with data center mm-hmm. and uh, super micro and Lenovo super micro what what numbers it's fan- fantastic numbers 74 percent growth year over year order book exploding and they're still arguing that they had some hiccup in the quarter given the fact that you have new ships coming from AMD the Genova ship uh, you have uh, Intel chip uh, replacement. You have uh, the new H100 uh, from uh, NVIDIA coming. So there's still, so to say, a technology shift in the quarter and the next quarter, and they're still blowing it away with hyperscalers and, and, and corporates. They're definitely getting market share, but I think they wouldn't deliver these type of numbers together with Lenovo if the demand wasn't there. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think that yeah, there's no, there's no getting away from the fact that this is still a market where spend is is happening, and you know we saw it with the hyperscaler capex numbers last week, and you know we talked a bit about um, that meta number, 
um, it's absolutely clear that um, these cloud build outs are still um, are still absolutely going on. And, and I agree. I mean, maybe we see a sort of pause around some of the technology upgrades that we're getting around new platforms, new CPUs, new memory densities. But, um, you know, I think that will be all it is. It's, it, it's a pause. And, and really, this again is a multi year structural trend. And I forgot to say Arista. I would add Arista into that bunch also being sold out and supplying into Microsoft and Meta and uh, sales is just exploding for them. Mm. So that's the good news on the data centers and very much in line with our view. Uh, The last sector before just talking a little bit about portfolio is the semiconductors and uh, the big analog guy, the biggest of them, uh, Microchip uh, reported last night, stock is up 10%. Uh, really guiding up quarter and quarter, really the first one to guide up quarter and quarter. Uh, we have talked that, about it before. Automotive is up for everybody quarter mm. and quarter, but they felt pain in the rest of, of, of the, the sales. But Microsoft is guiding everything up quarter and quarter. So it's, it's, it's a very, very positive view coming out from Microsoft. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, again, you know, we've talked a lot about those structural trends that are exposed to auto, uh, data center, infrastructure. Um, and yeah, that they're, they're, they're really seeing um, a, a, lot of, uh, a lot of strength. And, and also um, interesting that they're uh, now looking to, to build out more capacity. Um, so what do we think about that? Yeah, I found that really, really amazing. Building out a three hundred, oh, announcing the building out the three hundred millimeter fab now, where every single analyst on the street are expecting people to cut things to save money uh, and so on. But I, I think that's a really, really important, important point, and one of the things you and I stress for a long time that we see long term growth in this industry, and a lot of vendors will look through the downturn short term and look for long-term growth, and, and thereby they need to spend today. If they start to build a factory now, it won't be up and running between 2024-25. So to pull the brakes now, it, it is probably a very, very tough decision to do because that's going to hinder your growth in 25-26. And, and, and that's why we continue to uh, state and believe that we will have strong demand for uh, same capital equipment going forward here, and also just to mention that uh, that Microsoft is 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 very very low end when it comes to to ships, mm-hmm. uh, and that's really an area where you have really been struggling to add capacity, and you're still struggling to add capacity. I think uh, the the things that are happening with China now, where they can't buy equipment on 14 million nanometers and below. It's also put, I think, a little bit of a stop on everything happening in China. But that I would expect to accelerate given what we see in demand. So it's going to be interesting to see how 2023 really plays out for the vendors in, in terms of capex for, for, for semi-capital equipment. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so microchip very much kind of uh, its new capacity will it be will be at the sort of trade trailing edge technologies, which is exactly the part of the market that's supplying into autos, where we know about all of these um, shortages, where we know you know NXP 
uh, said this week that it, that it was effectively um, sold out for the next uh, year, 18 months. Um, so this is an area of the market where really we, we need um, capacity being built out. You know, a lot of the old capacity has either gone away completely or been repurposed to more sort of leading edge. Uh, and now, um, you know, that's, that's a problem for, for the end market. So absolutely, I think we'll start to see um, more uh, of, of this sort of new capacity having to be brought on board, uh, just given, um, given the, the structural growth that we've still got to see. It's not only about catching up from the supply constraints of COVID. It's about the fact that we still have, you know, semis, on a structural increase, given all of the content that's going into areas like autos and industrial. Um, so I definitely think that's that's going to be something we see more of. So what's our conclusion then for our portfolio for, for on, on the weekly results? Uh, we haven't really made any changes to the portfolio because I think most of the things we thought going on in the market are really playing out. So we haven't felt stressed in any sense. The biggest uh, as I say, impact to our portfolio this week has been the AMD numbers, which we hold, and that bounced up, driven by the data center strength. So we haven't feel, felt really so say, forced to do any big changes in terms of our holdings. We're, we're quite happy with them. And I would say, if anything, the week has really strengthened our view on our portfolio holdings. So... Even if we have had a bad market driven by inflation worries and, and, and economic worries, in terms of, of so sorry, the micros into our companies, I think we feel quite comfortable with what's been going on for the week. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And um, I think that ends the week's program. And thank you very much for listening. Thank you.